Are you ready to uncover your retirement solution? Learn more as Jeremy Kyle and his guests guide you along the path of retirement and reveal the five steps you need to take to solve your retirement puzzle. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Retirement Revealed with Jeremy Kyle. Today we're going to be talking about the next step in the five steps in the retirement income process. Jeremy introduced this topic on the last podcast with step number one, and that was what do you need? So if you haven't heard that podcast, please go back and listen to it. Uh, very informational, and it gives you the, a great foundation for what we're going to be talking about today. You don't have to stop this podcast. By all means, finish this one and, and then go back and listen to it. Jeremy, how are you? Doing well. Thanks, Eric. All right. I'm excited now. So we're, we're covering number two today, possibly more depending on you know what time allows. But what is the second step in the retirement income process? Well, the second step is looking through and figuring out what are you going to make in retirement? Just because you stop working your normal job doesn't mean you stop making money. And so a lot of these times you get one shot at making a decision on how you're going to be making this money. So it's well worth it to spend some time and figure out what your monthly lifetime income is going to be looking like. Jeremy, obviously it's incredibly important to make money in retirement, have enough to do everything that you need to do, meet your goals, uh, the things that we spoke a lot about on the last podcast. So why is it so important that people know exactly what they're going to be making in retirement? Well, a lot of people go into retirement and they focus on things like, what are my investments going to do? What am I going to get for interest rates? Mm -hmm. And they're completely ignoring that 20, 30, 40% of your money coming in in retirement might be things that are outside of that. Uh, we see people all the time that one spouse retires before the other one retires. Or uh, a lot of times now, retirement doesn't mean completely quitting. It might mean taking a, a consulting job, mm -hmm. switching to a different type of job that's a little bit less stress, which might mean less money. But you're making money from these um, income sources from from work, whether it's one or two of you, uh, from places like Social Security, your pension, annuities. And a lot of these places, especially the last few I mentioned, the pensions, annuities, and uh, Social Security, you might be making more or less money depending on when you fill out a form and how you fill it out. So that's a big deal. Uh, yeah. So filling out a form in the wrong way, obviously that's going to cost you in the long run. How, how do you find out all the information? I mean, obviously my, my easy answer would be talk to you, but is there an easy way for the audience to say, you know what, I need to take a look and see if I've done this correctly or I'm about to retire. I want to make sure I'm doing it correctly. What's your best advice? That's exactly it. Talking over with somebody that's done before. And most of the time you get to retire once. And for folks like us that are retirement planners, we get to do it like once a month, twice a month, right? We're meeting people all the time that are retiring mm -hmm. and we get to walk through those decisions that they've done before with their pension, with their social security, annuities, uh, all these types of incomes that you you probably have, uh, maybe one, two, or even all three. And you, you just got to sit some, sit down and think it through and see what your options are. Yeah. And those, obviously those options are important because some of them are permanent, if I'm not mistaken. Like I know that Social Security, I don't know a lot about it, but I know if you take it at a certain year, there really is no fixing that. If you take it right, you know, right when you can at the very, very onset, you could have made a lot more if you had delayed even a month. I think it changes month to month. So that's something to know when you go into it. And plus, I think another issue is that people don't realize how long they're going to be retired, especially with, you know, advances in medical technology and all that. Do you see people accounting for that normally, or are they kind of surprised at what the statistics say? 
Yeah, you, you need a little bit of guidance on on all that. Uh, you were just uh, talking through there on Social Security. I'm certain we'll uh, get to a, uh, a time when we'll be spending an entire episode on Social Security because you mm-hmm. certainly can. I've I've given over a hundred talks on Social Security. Well, wow. I uh, just did one uh, a few a few days ago. I uh, just did one a few days ago to the Wisconsin uh, CPA Association. They asked me to come on out and talk to some of their members about how Social Security works and what they should be looking at uh, with all that. But the second part we were talking about there is, yeah, most people don't understand how long the retirement's going to be. I'm reading this stuff all the time, and if you talk to an average 55-year-old, say, when do you think you might retire? They'll probably say, well, 65. Mm-hmm. And then if you talk to them and say, uh, how long might you live? They'll probably say 80. Well, let's go talk to that 65-year-old. They're going to tell you, I didn't retire last week. I retired back at 62. Most people retire before they think they're going to retire. That's what the, the numbers are showing. Really? And most people underestimate their life expectancy. Uh, so it, it's a it's a bad combination that you're planning on a shorter retirement and getting a longer retirement. And when we're talking about these monthly incomes, uh, that'll last your whole your whole retirement. It's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, you're, uh, you're surprised a bit about retiring early. And a lot of times when people think through, well, why might I retire early? Uh, usually what comes up is health. You know, what if my health changes? A lot of times it's not your health, it's your parents' health. When you're 62, how old are your parents? You know, maybe 85, 90, right? A lot of times it's, uh, you're looking at your parents' health and thinking, I, I got to make a change here so I can help them out. Yeah. No, it's, I didn't even, I didn't even factor that in there. That's a whole different, <laughs> it's a whole different subject that I'm sure we could cover on, a, on another podcast as well. Yeah, that doing it for that reason is a big honorable thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you got to see how this affects your plan. And like we said, if you're thinking you're retiring from 65 and you're done being retired at 80, and you're looking at a 15-year window, you'll make completely different decisions than if you're looking at it through uh, the real lens. And the real lens is a lot of times whether you plan for it or not, you might retire earlier than you expected. And just for, I don't know what it is. But for some reason, us as humans, we don't get the life expectancy game right, which I can't blame them. How many people are walking around or are life insurance and, and actuaries, right? They, yeah. Not too many people steal those numbers all the, day, all the time, but we're looking at those numbers. And a lot of those numbers show that if you're 65, on average, you'll probably make it to 85. Mm. And where those numbers fail to show is that if there's two of you, it's harder for two people to die than one. Which means if there's a couple, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it, it makes sense when you think about it. Yeah. But as a couple, it's not like you're both uh, checking out 85, but on average, the second person in that couple is is likely to pass away at 92. That's what the, the stats show. Wow. Which means, yeah, so you're planning on your retirement, you're 55, you're thinking in 10 years, I'll retire, I'll have a good 15 years. And then at 62, you realize maybe you retired early and later on at 92, you think, why a 30-year retirement? That's what you ought to be planning for most times compared to a lot of times you're making a decision on, on a 15-year time frame. Wow. Yeah, I, I I think my wife will make it to 92. I, I'm not going to be the second one. <laughs> well, I, I hear that all guess. the time. Yeah, yeah, I hear that all the time. And uh, right now, of course, uh, generations and work situations are changing. But a lot of the people we talk to right now that are retiring, the husband's a couple years older. The husband happens to have a little bit higher social security or pension because it was the wife that took the mm-hmm. time out to, to raise the kids. And so this 92-year-old, your wife as a 92-year-old, 
she's living on a decision that her 62-year-old husband made 30 years ago. We got to help you out ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that was like a slap in the face right there because <laughs> you're absolutely right. And we're my wife and I are the same age, so she'll uh, she'll have plenty of time to kick my butt about that decision. So You got it. Yeah. That, yeah. You need to think about this stuff ahead of time. Yeah. Man. Okay. Well, you brought up three different areas, right? You brought up, uh, I believe it was annuities and pensions. And then we obviously we touched on social security, which we'll, we'll do a, a full podcast or probably maybe even a mini series. Also have security. to. Yeah. It's, uh, it's intense. But uh, where do, do we want to start with annuities today? Yeah, let's go alphabetical. We'll start with annuities all and right. let's start there because you, you hear all the time, either people love or hate annuities. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no one that says, oh, they're okay. Uh, you either love them or hate them. And a lot of times you even see uh, advertisements about people that hate annuities. You see that a lot. Hmm. But no one really understands what an annuity is. Um, I taught a few personal finance courses and corporate finance, and annuity is a word. It's a technical word. All it means is that you're exchanging a bit of money for a series of payments. So you, you go talk to an insurance company or a pension company. Go call your brother up. I don't care. Right? Hmm. Say, I'm going to give you 100 bucks, and you give me some money back. Uh, over a period of time, you know, every month, every year, whatever it is, that's an annuity. And then the financial service industry has a whole lot of different types of annuities. So if you love annuities or you hate annuities, you got to figure out which one you love or hate uh, because there's just so many different types. So it might be worthwhile for us to figure out a few of the different types uh, that are out there. Well, yeah. And that's, and that's what I was actually going to bring up, but I'm glad you did is that for everybody that's in the audience right now, there are many, many different types of annuities, different products, you know, I'm using air quotes, which you can't see on a podcast, but products out there. And it, it really depends on the annuity. You've got to have somebody that knows a lot about it and has done the research because people hate annuities because they've seen really, really bad ones. And people love annuities because they've seen really, really good ones. So it pays to, you know, it pays to do the research or find somebody who's done that for you. And uh, I'm excited to get into it because I don't know a lot about annuities. I know that there's different kinds. I just don't understand all the time frames and all that good stuff. So teach me. Yeah, let's, let's <laughs> talk ready. about a couple of them. And again, right. that can be a whole other podcast. I'm sure we'll do that at some point in time. Mm-hmm. But let's just talk about two different types of annuities. The one I'm going to call is a plain payout annuity. It's basically like your pension where instead of giving a, a getting a, a big chunk of money, it's not like you called up your pension company and asked for 100 grand out. Uh, but instead of something like that, you just get this monthly amount, whatever it is, right? You got to pay for it. Um, but what's interesting about that is these annuities, if you set up um, these particular ones, they can last as long as you do, just like your pension uh, mm-hmm. ought to. And when you take a look at all these financial researchers, there's all these doctors, people are trying to figure out how do we help out Americans save for retirement? How do we make sure that they have enough money in retirement? They're just struck over and over again that people don't have enough of these particular type of annuities. And I, I think the big reason is that people are um, misunderstanding them. They hear these different words and they're not sure exactly how things work. Another part of it too is uh, they might have been used to the way things were uh, way back when, where perhaps you gave over your money to this insurance company, you're expecting a, a dollar amount back every single month, and then you pass away early and your beneficiaries, the people that you thought were going to get your money, uh, didn't get as much as, as what you thought they were going to be. So there can be some things to keep in mind, even with these type of payout annuities, the ones that the uh, retirement researchers out there are encouraging people to look deeper at. 
mm-hmm. is it's a good idea when you look at an annuity to, to check out some different areas. But even this one that the re- retirement researchers are encouraging people to, to explore, you got to be careful and understand what are your beneficiaries going to be getting from this annuity? And is that something that you want to have happen? Got it. Yeah. And that's a discussion they need to have with a professional, period. Yeah, you got it. Uh, have it, the discussion with the person that's helping you out. Have a discussion with the person that's uh, not helping you out and selling it to you. Uh, that's where annuities get a little bit of a bad rap as well, too, is that oftentimes the people that are talking about annuities are making a commission, perhaps a large uh, commission. You know, Who knows what large really means, but perhaps a, a larger uh, commission. And there's a lot of fees that are in, inside of these annuities, especially the ones called uh, variable annuities. So you got to look into these different types of fees, these different types of uh, annuities, and um, just make sure you know what you're you're getting into. And mm-hmm. it's not necessarily that they're a great or a bad uh, product, like you called it. Uh, you just need to know exactly what you're getting into when you sign up for these. Got it. Now, you mentioned variable annuities. Um, can you just give me a picture or give us a picture of how those actually work? Yeah. Uh, so that variable annuity is, is basically an investment, right? You, uh, you put some money aside, it's supposed to grow up or down with whatever the, the market's doing. And a lot of times they require to keep that money there for a certain amount of years. So if you're being proposed a variable annuity, you want to find out uh, what types of investments are there. What are the fees on these investments? Oftentimes you're required to keep it there for a certain amount of time. So the technical term is surrender period. So that's a great question to ask the person helping you out is what's my surrender period? How long before I can get out of this variable annuity if that's what I want? And along with that, what's the surrender charge? How much might I be penalized if I get out from there early? But what's interesting about these variable annuities, a lot of times they've got these extra features, extra ways that you can get your money back out of it. And oftentimes uh, we run into people uh, thinking of some folks right now I met a few years back where they came to me and said, we've got this great account. It pays us 5% a year. That's interesting. Okay, tell me about it. Well, it turns out uh, it doesn't pay them 5% a year like they thought. It just meant that their their income uh, grew by a bit each year. And there were some very specific rules that they needed to meet to actually get that money back out. And that's unfortunate because they, they went into this account that had fees associated with it, had this lockup time called a surrender period, and they were upset that they weren't getting what they thought they were they were getting. So they wanted to get out of it. And we run into that a lot of times where people might already have an account like this, and when they find out what the cost is, when they find out what it, uh, is truly uh, being promised to them, they say, I want to get out of it. I just don't want to deal with that company anymore. And sometimes we say, you know what, if you want to stick it to them, stick with the annuity, stick with that account and just follow those two or three steps and make them, um, make them follow back up with you with those pro- promises. If they promised you a 5% payout, well, make them stick to that and uh, find the ways to, to get the best out of this contract that you already have. Yeah, because, I mean, because canceling it or, or I don't, I'm still not clear on surrender periods, but I'm sure you said there's fees associated with it or is it penalties, I'm assuming? That's about it. And that's what's uh, unfortunate a lot of times when you get into certain investments, it gets to be more than even an average financial person can understand. And it, that's just a good point to keep in mind. Whenever you're looking at an investment, whatever it is, whoever's helping you out with it, make sure you understand it. And that's uh, 
one of the downsides we see sometimes is certain accounts have a tendency to be a little bit more, um, less easy to understand mm-hmm. than others. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly it. If you don't understand what this word says, if it doesn't, if you don't understand surrender period, surrender charge, make sure you figure out what that means. Make sure they explain to it which, uh, what it means before you get into that type of account. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Anything else with annuities or are we going to move on to pensions? Yeah, that's the main thing is we, we run into people all the time that have uh, annuities. Uh, it's wise to understand better how that works. And we're always making sure we educate people on how uh, those annuity works. And those annuities can be uh, a good way to get income because it might show up on a consistent basis every single month. And uh, what more do you want in retirement than making sure you get that money this month and next month and the month after that? Yeah, that, yeah, definitely important for sure. Yeah, so besides annuities, uh, a lot of times, and of course we're seeing it less and less these days, are those uh, those pensions. But they're mm-hmm. still out there. And again, it's a situation where there's one chance for you to figure out what you're going to do with the annuity. You fill out the form, sorry, what to do with this pension. Fill out the form, send it off to your company, and then you're you're getting that that pension for life. But you can't change it. You made your one decision. Mm. It might be 90 and you made that decision when you're 55. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. I've, uh, I don't have experience with pensions, so <laughs> I, I certainly don't have one, which it would be nice to have that. But yeah, I didn't realize that either. You can't make adjustments to it. Um, yeah, generally not. They, uh, oftentimes the way a pensions is figured out is it's based on your income, how much you earned with the company, how many years you stayed with the company. It's just crazy how many different rules uh, are out there and how they calculate the, the pensions. But basically if they figure out that you're owed maybe a thousand a month for life from that company, a few things that you need to figure out are when does that start? So a lot of times people have that at the age of 65 or a lot of uh, pensions that are from unions might be a lower age. Sometimes a lot of people now, the companies are pushing out that retirement date to 67 because they're trying to match where Social Security's at. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you might be thinking, I'm getting a certain dollar amount at a certain age, and there's a lot of reasons why it might be might be different. So you get this pension, and oftentimes once a year they send you this number. Let's just say it's $1,000 a month. You're going to get $1,000 a month uh, when you hit retirement. Well, let's figure out when is that retirement date that the pension company is expecting the the company you work for is expecting to pay you out. And then other times too, that's based on you and your life alone. There's, there's might be two of you that are involved here. Mm. So if you have a pension and you have a spouse and you go sign up and say, I want to get my thousand bucks a month, they'll ask you, do you want that thousand a month or do you want less to make sure that there's a survivorship that you're able to pass along the remaining part of your pension uh, if you happen to be the first one to, to, to die. Well, of course, if you have this extra benefit where it passes along to your, your spouse, you're going to get less for it, right? Mm-hmm. You might get a thousand bucks yourself, but if you die, your, your spouse gets nothing, or maybe you get less, maybe you get 850 bucks a month. But then if you pass away first, your wife, your spouse keeps getting the same 850 bucks a month. And that's one of the cautions we have uh, for people is you spent your lifetime seeing this number of a thousand bucks a month, whatever it is, and then you show up to get your forms and all of a sudden they feel like they took that away from you. And it's 850 bucks if I want to keep my uh, spouse uh, involved as well too. You keep thinking of all these reasons why you need the 150 bucks, but you forget about the reasons why they might need the 850. So mm-hmm. we, this is a joint decision here. 
And uh, when you're seeing that number over and over again, that $1,000 a month, whatever your pension is that you're promised, uh, keep in mind that's for you alone. And if you're married, uh, expect to see a lower dollar amount that will pay out for both your lives if that's the best way to take it. Hmm. Now that's interesting because there's a lot of different factors that go into that decision. You could both be super healthy and you say, well, if I take the 850, there, you know, my spouse is guaranteed something, but if I take the thousand, I can take that 150 and invest it or, you know, do something with it. So it, you know, makes money, but who knows when you're going to die? Cause that's, again, we, we never know when the bus is going to come for us or, or whatever tragic story might happen. Um, yeah, that's a lot to, to consider. So, hmm. yeah, it's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff to figure out there. And, um, it's, it's interesting thing too, where it's especially, we, we see this all the time with the, the husbands, the men, uh, they're the ones that uh, are sometimes more often in these jobs that have pensions, you know, the unions, especially are a place that you see, uh, pensions and they're, they're thinking about what can I do with that thousand bucks a month? And, uh, in reality, let's, let's start thinking about what the both of you can do with that 850 or, um, whatever that amount might, might turn into. This is a joint decision that affects both of you. So make sure that you're both involved and make sure that you're using real numbers. Just like we said earlier, um, if you're thinking you're passing on in 5, 10, 15 years, you might want all that money as soon as you can get it. But if the reality is it's 30 years that it might be paying out to you, that'll be a different decision. So at least use the the right numbers when you're looking at this and trying to decide what's best for you and your spouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another interesting one too, and we see this sometimes, especially there's a company over here uh, in Milwaukee, We Energies, uh, where we get all of our utilities from uh, out in this uh, part of the world. But uh, We Energies, for whatever reason... When you go into uh, your you know, 401k, your areas there where you're trying to see what your retirement benefits look like, they don't really show you that monthly amount. They just show you a dollar amount. They say, oh, your pension's worth 200 grand or your pension's worth 300 grand. And we've got a lot of uh, We Energy's employees. I'd say it's probably actually the, the number one company that we have uh, from um, where people are retiring from. Mm-hmm. So we see this all the time. And they, you, you come in and you're, you're used to seeing that number. There's... Um, it's called behavioral finance. I'm, I'm sure you've maybe heard of that, Eric, mm-hmm. but uh, some of us might not have. And the idea is a lot of researchers, economists, financial people, they say, well, this is what humans ought to do. This is what people ought to do. But then they do something different. And that that difference, that's called behavioral finance. Why are people doing different things than maybe what the math tells them they ought to do? And one of those terms is called anchoring. When you mm-hmm. see a number... When you see that 200000 on your statement, when you see that 300000 on your statement for 5, 10, 15 years, you start thinking of all the things you can do with that $200,000, $300,000 when you hit retirement. And then you get this choice. Well, do you want three hundred grand or do you want two grand a month for life? And you're thinking, well, three hundred grand is way more than $2,000. Mm-hmm. Right? But you're not comparing what does this $2,000 per month look like? So we, we see a lot of times where people see this dollar amount and they, they look at the lump sum because you can see that. I, I know what 300 grand looks like, but you don't really know what $2,000 a month, what that monthly pension uh, might turn into. And it's hard to make that comparison. That's that's truly an apples and orange comparison. So it's worthwhile to find someone that's made that comparison before uh, that can help you translate. What does $2,000 a month really mean to you? Or maybe what does that 300 grand lump sum uh, really mean in terms of a monthly income? And then you can make a good comparison that's best for for the both of you. Well, I'll I'll tell you what three hundred thousand looks like to me. That's a cabin and a bass boat, right? I mean that, that 
That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. so that's mm-hmm. that would be that's the temptation, right? Is that okay, the three hundred thousand night, you know, that's great. We can have that for retirement. We can do A, B, and C with it. But out of that, you know, we want to enjoy our our first few years retired. So we really need to get that RV. Um, and I mean, that won't take that much out of it. Only 50,000. So now we got 250 and yeah, it just, it can be a slippery slope if you're not disciplined. And again, that's what you're for to help guide and, and, uh, help be that accountability partner. And I know you do that for your clients already. Um, well, we do that. What you didn't mention there, because the, the tax part, right? If you wanted that money out uh, oh, to spend, yeah. you got to take taxes out of it. So that's another factor, which yeah, is amazing. About the all uncle. these different, yeah. uh, yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, you forget what all these different pieces come into play. And uh, we, we just, we started with one piece of you get this dollar amount and I'm trying to relate it to, well, what could this mean monthly to both you and your spouse? But then there's another piece coming in with the tax part of it of um, it's not exactly that lump sum. You don't get that top dollar amount. You got to take some taxes out of there. So there's so many things that come into play. And that's why it's so important to, to research a lot of these. Um, I'm thinking of We Energy specifically and just the one we were talking to them, uh, let's see here, two days ago. And what we did with them is they got this thing called a summary plan description, uh, and it's 20, 30 pages talking exactly how the pension's calculated. It gives you some resources on where you can go to learn more. So that's what we did. We called up and we spoke with the, the pension folks. Turns out there's four different ways this person's pension's calculated. You know, how... <laughs> How's a how's wow. a regular Joe supposed yeah. to figure that one out? How's an advisor supposed to figure that one out? But it was just so fun to um, figure it out, make sure this guy's making the right decision for he and his his wife. And it was it felt really good when the person on the other end of the line he complimented us uh, both the the client for reaching out to an advisor like us, but then us too for calling in, asking all these different questions. And the guy said uh, on the line that he works in the pension department. All the time, people are calling in and asking for ways that their money comes out. And he said, almost all the time, uh, it's it's the lowest value. It's not the one that mm. gives them the highest value. It's because they didn't take the time to look at this lump sum versus monthly option. They didn't take the time to see which of these four different options are available. They didn't consider the tax part. And it's, like we said, it's a decision that you make once that affects the rest of your life, perhaps the rest of your spouse's life, this is a 30-year decision that a piece of paper is going to uh, figure out for you, right? Send some time ahead of it uh, to, to research this and, and make the right decision for you. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Jeremy, I know that when we started this podcast, we said that there were three things that you were going to be covering, annuities, pensions, and Social Security. You also said that we could probably have a full podcast just on Social Security because there is so much information uh, and you work with folks all the time. And here's the thing. We, these two, first two parts of this were so robust and we didn't even scratch the surface, I'm sure, with all the information that you have, but we're at the end of this podcast. Would you be okay with bumping the social security stuff to next, to the next podcast and just doing a full, full podcast on social security? Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Social security is such a big, big topic. A lot of information that's out there. A lot of people making decisions without the full uh, information. I think you're right. It's re- well worth it just to spend a, a, a time only on social security. Yeah. I, I think that's great. I think this is a good stopping point for today. Ton of great information. Um, all sorts of things clicked in with me and I, I wrote down some notes. If somebody is listening to this right now and they're saying, you know, I need to talk to somebody about this because I had no idea it, it could be this complicated just to make these simple decisions on 
both annuities and pensions, they want to reach out to you. How do they get a hold of you? Yeah, if you're somebody that has an annuity and is trying to understand more about what it costs, what it does for you, or you've got this option to take a pension or a lump sum amount, you're trying to make this decision, we're, we're helping people out with that all the time. So feel free, please just do reach out to us. Our website is kylefp, for kylefinancialpartners.com, or give us a call at 262-333-8353. Love to get the chance to talk to you. Fantastic, Jeremy. I appreciate your time today. Yeah, thank you, Eric. It's been fun talking to you. Absolutely. And thank you all for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast with Jeremy Kyle. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Jeremy comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends, family, and coworkers. And let's face it, somebody listening to this right now is thinking, you know, I got some buddies at work that need to hear this, and we should probably talk about it and, and see if we can help each other out. Um, please share this with them and they'll, they will appreciate it as they get to know Jeremy and all the information that he has. Again, thanks for listening today for everyone at Kyle financial partners. This is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the retirement revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.